Good morning, Chair City Church. How you doing? So we are in week one of our current teaching series called Fear, as you now know. The Bible talks a lot about fear. We're going to be getting into that in the coming weeks. Uh, it talks about, you know, not being afraid. And the Bible gives us different ways to respond to fear. And the book of Psalms is a very good example of that. The book of Psalms is in the Old Testament. Uh, and you see this pattern in the book of Psalms where the psalmist acknowledges fear, deep fear, in some telling situations. And then he, the psalmist also acknowledges the goodness and the greatness of God. Sometimes verse after verse, sometimes he'll talk about fear and calamity. And then before he ends that kind of discourse, he'll bring in his acknowledgement of God's greatness and goodness and love and, and might. So the psalms teach us to shift our fear to faith. And that's what this series is about, a continual visiting and from different angles in getting us to really recognize our fear and then move it from fear to faith. Psalm 46, for example, says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help us in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquake comes, the mountains crumble into the seas. Let the oceans roar and foam and rise up. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. And then in verse 7, jumping forward, the psalmist says, The Lord of heaven's armies is here amongst us, and the God of Israel is our fortress. Our fortress. So think about it. The God of angel armies is always by our side. And we see the psalmist talking about earthquake and mountains trembling and, and kingdoms crumbling. I mean, that's a lot of devastation. It's a vivid picture that would create a fear within any human being. And that psalmist is trying to describe that and illustrate that that fear is real and and it's on him. Another way to describe fear and kind of our culture, something that we could relate to, if you want a definition, if you will, a heightened vulnerability plus a diminished sense of power equal fear. When something happens, we in our lives that was unexpected, inconsistent, what we had put in place and how we were kind of managing slash controlling things, we feel exposed. We feel vulnerable. We don't think we have the power to change the circumstances as they are. And we begin to become filled with fear. It, it was there, but now it's rising up in us. Talking about fear stirs us. And we're talking about these internal fears that grip us, that take occupancy in our minds, significantly affect how we see the world and how we make decisions, critical decisions in our life. Now, we don't like to talk about that kind of a fear. We're okay with talking about fear when it's kind of like what I call these external types of fears, you know, uh, maybe, you know, the, the phobias, uh, those kind of things. We're cool with that. And some of you have one or two phobias, right? Some of you have nine or ten phobias, right? <laughs> Probably the ones that are laughing. Or the <laughs> Nobody else around you, but you're laughing. That's cool. But, you know, and, you know, and, they're, and they're out there, and we're good with this. We can, really, we can kind of laugh about it. Anyone have, it's called, uh, what is it called? Acrophobia. You know what acrophobia is? It's a fear of heights. Yeah, yeah, and we can, like, we can laugh. Hey, I'm afraid to get on a plane and fly. It's okay. Anyone have arachnophobia? Do you know what that is? A fear of 
spiders, yeah. <laughs> right, so uh, some of you know this. Maybe I chatted with you about it sitting down over coffee, but it, it's just, it's a treasure, you know? Like when they're burying me, I'll, I'll, I'll be glad. You know when I see people are dying, they're flashing back in life? This is one of those moments that are just going to come to me. And so I, this is, oh, it's well I'm probably at this point married to Chrissy. I think we're married. We're hanging out at a parent's house. Uh, and uh, I go into the basement to, to get something. I'm looking for something. Forgot what it was. And I see this spider. It's a big, it's a big dude. I mean, his, his body is like the size of a nickel. He's got hair on his legs. And so uh, I figured, oh, well, let's, let me just have a little fun, you know? So there was a, a Christmas um, I mean, I'm not like the, one of those Animal Kingdom guys, so I want, I want some distance too. And so I, there's a Christmas popcorn tin, is that what they call them? And so I get the cover and I kind of just like scoot this spider into this big tin. And I go up the stairs with it, you know? And, I, and there in the living room is, is Christy and her dad. And of course it's very silent in there because they don't say much to each other. It's always quiet. They don't like talking. And, and he's sitting in the corner in, in like his chair, and she's sitting on the couch closer to the entrance to the living room. And I come walking over, and I said, hey, hey, hon. She's like, yeah. I'm like, eek. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I mean, in, in a flash, she, she, her body elevates. What do they call it? Synergy? Oh, and like, what I, just lifts off the couch. She's screaming. And she runs, not to the door, she runs to, the, she runs to her father, jumps up on his chair. I'm not, she jumps up on the chair, manages to get behind her father while she's staying in the chair, and she's putting her hands on the wall, like the corner of the room, as if to, if to, as if to push the corner of the house apart to get through and get out. So her dad, you know, he, he's looking around like, He's like rattled and he's confused and he's looking at me and he's figuring, what did you do? Like, I did something, right? And, and he looks at me like, hey, hey, what's going on here? What are you doing? And I'm like, ah, I just said, look, boom, he lights up. I'm not kidding you. He jumps up. Now he's standing on the chair with her. He's tossing vulgarities and threats out at me while he's trying to get behind her. I'm not kidding you. So these two maniacs are like clawing at each other, trying to get through the corner of the house, man. And I'm just like stunned. I'm like, whoa, whoa. So they, and now, you know, she's crying and he's calling me dirty names and threatening me. And I'm like, all right, this is just, they're going to die, man. They're going to kill each other. So after about seven, about 10, 15 seconds, I stopped. It, was, it just was so awesome. I, I, you know, I, I went outside. Normally, I would just toss them. You know, I don't care, but, but we, I had bonded. I bonded with this spider. I actually went for a little walk in the woods. I thanked him. I sent him on his way. But look, so what we, clearly, I didn't know my wife and her father have arachnophobia. Some of you suffer from claustrophobia. I got some of you in here. You don't like, you like to sit on ends of rows, and, uh, you know, especially if you're in restaurants, you want to sit near the door. How about, I never knew, I mean, I knew about this, but I, I didn't know this was the kind of the uh, description of it, you know, the technical description. Penthrophobia. Anybody suffer from penthrophobia? Oh, you do. You just don't know. Mark, you probably suffer from it. You know what it is? It's fear of your mother-in-law. <laughs> Mark's mother-in-law is sitting about five feet from him, so I, that's why I said that. <laughs> I know you love her. You better say, yeah, that would be a good thing to say right now. <laughs> yeah, fear of your mother-in-law. Okay, so we're talking about all this stuff, and we're laughing. It's cool. It's fun. We, we're okay talking about our fears, right? 
but then there are those fears that we don't like to talk about, right? You know, many of us, you know, there's a whole set of fears that really are on us, with us, and we don't, we don't even want to maybe acknowledge it, that they're there. Like fears of rejection. You know, you keep people at arm's length. You know, you want people to get too close to you because maybe they could, you know, hurt you. Or you're, you're so worried about pleasing people and them accepting you. You know, you're on social media. Who liked me? Who's commenting on my post? What's going on? A fear of, of, of being abandoned, left alone. A, a fear of loneliness kind of intertwined that, that someone's going to leave me. They're not going to want me, huh? How about the fear of failure? That's huge in our culture, right? And it limits relationships. It limits your ability to make all kinds of decisions. You're not making some decisions. You are making others you shouldn't be making. And we don't want to talk about these fears. We're just not comfortable talking about them, you know? Others might see it in you, but you don't see it. Or you sense it, but you're just not going to go there, you know? I mean, it's like, okay, we could talk about me not liking to climb ladders, and I'm not going up there. We have that running joke in my house, you know? Roller coasters, water, it's all funny stuff, but let's not talk about those fears, you know? But, but you won't talk about it, but you'll keep living out your life where, you know what, someone tosses some criticism your way, maybe your spouse, uh, and even well-intended, and you get defensive, man, you're on it, right? You get agitated right away. You get upset, you might get down, mess up your whole day a few words because you're suffering from this fear of failure, this, you're suffering from a fear maybe of being a, 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 your weaknesses exposed, you know? One of the top five nightmares, I just read that, one of the top five nightmares out there is, the, is, is people wake up to a dream or a nightmare where they were naked in public. Did you know that? <laughs> no, really. It's, it's one of the top five. Now, for, for some of you, you're thinking, well, that, that'd actually be more of a nightmare for them <laughs> than, than for me. I didn't say who, I just said for some, but... But this fear of being exposed, of people knowing you for who you are, and even though you're better than you think, but you know, that your weaknesses and your vulnerability would be known, and you're living out life trying to control that and manipulate that, huh? The fear of commitment. Wow, that's a big one. That's a this fear of being committed to something or someone dogs you. I, I really suffered, you know. You know, I, I had like, you know, what do you do when you get all the appetizers? So <laughs> I kind of had a smorgasbord of these fears going on. And to some degree, I still do. You know, even being up here, believe me, I assure you, every morning, every day, I'm up at 2, 3, 3, 3. I, I, I just, I got to gather myself. I got to come bring it together, you know. I think I'll, I'll just take it to the end of the day. But truly, clearly, by the grace of God, they're, they're, they're limited in their effect on me. And even to some degree, almost dissipated in my life. But this fear that I would have of being a husband or a father, really. I mean, like a debilitating fear, like I just, I won't go there. You know, the thought of someone counting on me every day of their life, like no way. The, the thought of people having expectations of me to come through day in and day out, just daunting to me. Just, just no way, man. Let's just go hang out Friday night, have a beer, knock some down, whatever. Now, if you were to bring that to me, I would have not acknowledged it. I would say, what are you, I said, maybe you call me at a bad moment. I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm not fear. I'm not fear. I, I, I can handle life. I'm good. What are you talking about? 
but this fear of failure. I, I, I do think that in some way it, it hindered me and, and put me off from starting a church. Probably would have thought when we first came up here, we wanted to go after it. And then when I actually started, I'm like, whoa, you know? <laughs> I don't know about that. I got all these years in ministry, and, and I've been all over the place, but to be a, 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 the, the pastor and show up every single day and, and, and be on and be there, I, I just don't know if I could do that. And at one point, I actually finally confessed that to Christy. I'm like, here's what's going on. I just don't know if I could do that. You know, of course, and then Christy, she didn't want to be pastor's wife, so we were just a great couple, weren't we? But this is truth, huh? And then to think, which is why I'm, I'm just in awe often. You know, when I, when I stand and I see all of you and see you interacting and I see life and, and I see what's happening, I'm in awe at what God is doing and, and what he's done in me. I mean, even uh, yesterday, it's another just phenomenal day. We know we had over 300 people show up Saturday morning to the Garden of Cinemas. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Over 300 people showed up. They had to open up theaters seven and eight. And you know, and I stood in seven, and uh, they were getting it ready. And I looked over to one of the managers, which by the way, how cool this is that I called up the owner a couple of days before, and I said, I don't know, I have a sense we're gonna go past our usual numbers in there. It's, it could be a lot. And he said, well, I'll, I'll make some calls and see if I can get some extra people on. And you know who he got? All three of his managers all volunteered to come in and help out because of you, because they like you, that's why. I'm just telling you. I've never seen, never seen all, there's usually only one manager there if you go to the Garden of Cinemas. The owners and the manager, all three of them were there knocking themselves out. How cool is that? So I walk into Theater 7, which is where we used to meet. I just had this flashback to like 20-something people, you know, a handful of people, and then to, to think what God has done and, and like, wow, you know, how, and I remember that hesitation and how could I do this and, 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 and I'm not going to be able to be here consistent and like, wow, how, how did this happen, you know? And, I, and I'm just, I'm humbled and I'm in awe at what God does. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, of the 300, Chris and I estimate 75% of the people there we had never seen before, and they had never been in Chair City Church. So how cool is that? Yeah. So as much as I'd like to see more of you that, that's cool. We were so thrilled that all these people were there, and they were, they were excited. They were laughing. Going in, they were cool. Coming out, they were thanking us. What a wonderful thing to do. How cool is this? That's really nice that a church would do that. You're a church, what do you do? Asking questions. Do you kneel? Do you do this? Do you, you know, it was awesome. I just was a, it was just, what a way to connect to people. And, and to see others bring their friends or their relatives, like, this is my church. This is who we are. We care about people. We're generous. We're giving. We're out there. It was a wonderful morning. I thank God. I thank God for your giving, for your faithfulness, for your generosity that enables us to get out there and go for the tuners and go deep and reach this community. Yes? But here we are, right? So I suffer. I think my biggest fear was a fear. So this is a, encouraging you that I have all these fears, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. So I, 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 this, I suffered from fear of rejection. Yeah, that that was huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that one, I probably just during the during the course of this church planting this church and being a pastor is probably when I really began to really be aware of this and what it was doing to me and, and start to make really noticeable gains and grounds through counseling and so on and so forth, you know? But all of these teamed up, they'd pound me. They'd pound away at me. You know, they, they'd mess me up. They'd hold me back. And that's what they're doing to some of you, probably a lot more of you than you realize. 
And at some point, I just realized, and I, I, this, this, this is not good. This is too hard. God has got so much more for me. This is not God. This is me. What's going on? And I told the Christian so many ways. I said, it's just too hard being me, man. I said, something's wrong. It's just too hard being me. And I think I've told you this in so many ways. I said, I want, I want this to change. What am I doing? I want this to change. Eventually, I come to realize that it was just, I, I wasn't trusting in God. I wasn't leaning into God enough. I wasn't really resting. So what truly, in some ways, turns out to be the easiest thing, I was just doing it my way. I was just pressing. I was just trying to control. It's what I knew to do, to try to get out there. And I just wasn't resting in what God was, had already began to do in me, pouring out his grace into my life, Right? And I believe God is pouring out his grace onto you this morning. That's why you're here. That's why you're hearing these words. And he's calling you to rest in him, abide in him, and just truly in that truth that you could be aware and be honest with him and you. And these, this is what's dogging me. This is my fears. And this is what's happening. And you don't think you're going to need to do anything or fix anything. Just pause and just say, I'm going to rest in God. I'm going to rest in his truth. I'm going to rest in my faith and my belief in God. Psalm 46 says, God is a refuge. He's a strength. He's a place where you can truly rest. Refuge is a safe place to hide. Remember that God is for you. When you have a heightened sense of vulnerability and a diminished sense of power, remember that God is for you. And God is where you run. Run to God, not away from him. Psalm 121 helps us shift our focus of, from fear to faith. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. He's not going to sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm and watch over your life. What's happening there? God is going to preserve your spirit. Let's just dig there for a Meaning, look, harm could come. Hurt is going to come your way. Devastation happens. Injury God is going to preserve your spirit. The most vital part of you is your spirit. The, the most vibrant part of you is your spirit. Your love comes from your spirit. Your passion comes from your spirit. Your, your thirst for life and love and intimacy comes from your spirit. And God will protect and preserve that. And that might come out and come to fruition Minutes ahead, days, hours, days, weeks, maybe years later, it will come up and rise up again, but it will come up and rise again, and your spirit will live because God breathed it into you, and he preserves it and protects it so that you can ultimately know him and be with him for eternity, yes? Your spirit has been preserved and protected, and so the psalmist is saying, look to God. Glance at your troubles, but gaze at God. He's there watching over you, with you. But instead of turning to God, running to God, one of the ways we respond when that fear rises up in us is we fight. Some of us, it's like a kind of a badge of bravado. I'm a fighter, you know? And that's what I was, you know? We, we go into a control mode now, right? We, we, a takeover mode, a, a manipulating people and, uh, mode. 
And sometimes, you know, in, in the midst of some kind of um, particular circumstances, that's kind of reasonable. But to live it out that way in the course of life and everyday life and the ebb and flow of kind of life, it's not. What happens is that fear can be overwhelming. And when it is, you begin to control your life. And it's like, wait a minute, I, I had a plan, right? We, we concoct things, we put them together, and I thought I had it together. And then this happened, and what's going on? Cancer comes. How do you control that? I mean, sure, responsibly you seek medical help, but, but how do you as a whole control that? Your spouse has certain ways of feeling or is going through a particular situation, circumstances. How do you control that? I mean, yeah, how, really, you think you can, but what, what's going on here? You think you're going to ma- control all that? You think you're going to bring that all together to fit your narrative and what you have planned? Yeah, right, okay. You're not. You can't control at some times, the decline of your business or your occupation, I mean, you can work hard and do the best you can, but there are these extenuating circumstances, uh, you know, economic climate, other things that it just, the bottom line is not what you want it to be. How, how are you going to control that? You're not. You want to, you try to, you, you run your mind thinking, but you're just not. And we're not talking about efforts and, and determination working hard we're talking about emotional state of being a spiritual state of being where you think i have to control it and if i don't you begin to lose joy and peace and wisdom it seems okay when you can manipulate it and control it but when you can't now you begin to get frustrated you begin to get a little, you know, rattled. You now fight harder and harder, and you even fight those you love and who care for you and are trying to help you. And what's happening is the more this cycle goes, the more you feel vulnerable, huh? The more you feel this diminished sense of power that you have on what's going on around you. And some of you double down on that, and it just kind of cascades. And you get angry, and you get frustrated and temperamental. And that's how it goes. And you, and, and you have this fear of rejection, uh, of being criticized, right? That fear of failure, that, that someone's trying to point out something to you. They're trying to show you that maybe you're not handling a certain situation in a certain way. And right away now, the thought that they would think less of you, which is not really how they feel. They're just trying to point out something in you because they care for you. And they think, well, you know, rather than run a half a mile to get this, you know, or 10 miles, why don't you, you know, do this? It's so much easier and better if you did it this way for you and everybody you love. And, and just the thought of the criticism in any way, shape, or form, just boom, you just you begin to fight. You shut down your reason, your logic, you, put, you, you just fight because you just can't hear and handle that criticism. You get angry. We remember things that happened in the past where triggers come off in our heads and we sense something happened here or there in the past and, and, and we, that fear comes on us of whether it's rejection, failure, and we just get angry. And that's how we begin to deal with this now. We fight. And some of us, are in this mode more often than we think. I won't get into it. You hear me talk about hypervigilance. You literally live out. You're living out your life in this mode, you know, in different gears and different degrees. Extraordinarily sensitive to people not agreeing with you, to people not cooperating with you, to people criticizing you, to people wanting to harm you. I'll stop there because I could go for hours, right? Another way we deal with fear is to, as you know, many of you, fight. I mean, flight. We flight, flight. We, we deal with our fears by taking off. Sometimes, literally, we just get out physically. Sometimes, it's figuratively, we kind of just shut down inside, right? We kind of just, we put up something. 
We isolate ourselves. Even if we're in a place with 20 people, boom, we're isolated, right? And, and, and we, we, we fear intimacy. We do. We, 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 we want to avoid it now. It, it, it's harmful to us. It's confusing to us. It's, 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 we're, yeah, it's not a good thing. And so we begin to live out now in this avoidance mode. We're going to avoid relationships, avoid people, avoid intimacy. Very protective mode. So, it's, it's like okay if it's a physical fear, right? It's cool. We can laugh about it. If it's like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, when I go to the uh, beach, I only go up to my ankles. And we can laugh about that, you know? If I'm feeling crazy brave, I'll go up to my knees. That's right. And you have this fear of, of climbing ladders. This is all funny stuff, you know? It, it, you know, it's not, it's not a game changer, you know? You have these different fears, you, have, you know, and, and it's okay to kind of distract yourself when it comes to that stuff. Because it's, it's okay to talk about the Patriots and the leaves changing when the Yankees win and, you know, they're going to win the World Series. That's okay. You have that fear beating down on you. I'm just feeling good about it. I'm going to let you know. I didn't plan it. I'm just feeling better and better about it. So you gave it to me last time. I remember two years in or three years in, you pounded me, sending me pictures of Jesus and the disciples with Red Sox tattoos and everything else. And... <laughs> I'm still traumatized by all that stuff. <laughs> Listen, when you're afraid of failure, you're avoiding what God is calling you to do. When you're afraid of commitment, you're avoiding some substantial, meaningful, beneficial commitments that God is wanting for your life. And that's a serious problem because these relationships and God are going to make major, wonderful commitments into your life and even into your identity. Another way we deal with fear is freeze. Yeah. That when, and I'm just going to try and put this really quick now, that when fear comes on us, rises up in us really is what I'm trying to say here, we freeze, meaning we just, we allow ourselves to just be drained and we lose our energy. We just literally go into, now we, we just literally just, and, and we walk around like so weary and so tired and, and so disconnected, you know? Because we're just, we're just kind of in a paralysis. We're just trying to get by. You know, we're kind of like a, a possum, if you will, just trying to stay alive. And this is how we're surviving now. So that things, just so that we don't absorb what's going on. But that's not what God, and, and living that way, honestly, robs you of the peace and the joy that God has for you. That there literally are things going on in your life right now that could be a phenomenal, real, not exaggerated, not a reach, but a real source of peace and joy. And you're missing out on that. I mean, it's, it, it, God is pouring it out into your life through his grace, and, and, and you're just not taking it in. You know, you, you're standing there with like a, 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 what is it called, a nimble or a thimble? What are those little things? Yeah, okay, I can't hear you, but thimble, nimble, okay, thimble. You know, those, you know those things in the Monopoly games, right? Okay, and you're standing there with, with this little thimble, and God is pouring out, I mean, waterfalls of grace and peace and joy into your life, and you're just, you just... That's all you, it's all I got, it's all I can handle because I'm in paralysis. I'm, I'm, I'm frozen up, man, because of my fear. So none of this is what God has called us to, to fight, flight, or freeze. God's calling us to a response where we would have faith. God's saying, have faith in me today. Have faith in God today. You know, Jesus, when he was getting arrested, 
And, you know, right before, he, when he was sort of getting ready to get arrested, if you will, and he's talking to his followers and he's letting them know, okay, just so you know, here's like the agenda for the next few days, <laughs> even several hours. Oh, you know, I'm going to get killed. I'm going to be crucified. You're going to get, you know, uh, you know, persecuted and sacrificed. It's going to get horrible and all that. I'm going to leave. You're going to stay behind. And, but I'm sending someone for you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I'm sending God, Holy Spirit. I'm sending a comforter and a counselor. He will be with you. God, Holy Spirit is with you. You are not alone. In as much as this fear has taken residence or fears, plural, God, Holy Spirit is in you and with you. I don't think those options of fight, flight, or freeze are good ones. I don't think they produce good results. You know they don't. As I honestly think more times than not, they produce poor results. You know, we've just gotten used to it. But God, the Holy Spirit, is reigning in you as evidence of God pouring out his grace into your life. And that's reality as much as our fears are reality. And that is the antidote. Today you have to decide, how will you face the fears that are in you? How will you face them? Will you become angry, or will you put your faith in God? How are you going to face them? Will you isolate? Will you begin to pull back and guard, or will you put your faith in God? When it happens and that fear begins to rise up in you, will you freeze up? Will you go into a paralysis mode now, insensitive to what's going on around you, not absorbing the life and the people that are in your life, feeling people looking at you in a sense you're drained? Or are you going to place your faith in God this morning, the God who created you, who breathed his spirit into you, who sent his Holy Spirit to live in you? David says in Psalm 56, 11, I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? What can life do to me? And what he's, it's kind of a rhetorical question, and he's saying to himself, what's the worst that this life can do to me? What can anybody, my enemies, what can they do to me? I'm going to paradise. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with God. Nothing, what matters but that? Do what you have to do to me. I'm good. I'm set. You see, it floats his boat. That's the mindset that the Christians had in the beginning of the church. You know, the church that you and I are continuing this day, we're here because their mindset was when it came, you think they had a sense of fear when they watched one another being fed to lions? You think they had a sense of fear when word got out of this massive, severe persecution that was coming on people because they professed faith in Jesus? But they were just saying, hey, check this out. Jesus is resurrected. We know that. We saw it. My mother saw it. My cousin saw it. Jesus was resurrected. And he is with God in heaven, and that's where we're going. So none of this matters more than that. And we take our fears and we face it with that truth. And nothing compares. So Jesus, when he was here, Jesus was with us and Jesus is still with us. God is with us and in us. Isaiah chapter 41.10 says, don't be afraid. This is God now speaking to us. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. This is what our faith does. It takes our focus off our fears and it places our focus on God. And that's a beautiful place to be. We rest in the comfort of God's strength. And as I say, and I'll say it 
thousands of times over and over. And when that happens, nothing changes, but everything changes. Nothing. Not your, I'm not saying it can't, but when in this depth of peace, true peace, joy, it's like, okay, I've changed. My fears have been diminished. I see God in my life in such a greater way. Let's put it this way. Our fears stand between us and God and all that he has for us. But faith, be, put, but faith puts God between us and our fears, yes? It invites us, faith invites us to focus on and remember the faithfulness of God. It invites us, it draws us closer to God. That's why I want you to know that. This is a special place. Christian and I, just every day we're talking about it, we are just just stunned and in awe and amazed at what's happening here, how lives are being changed, how family members and friends are continually coming in, how people are just turning away from living ways that were living in a way that was debilitating to them and, and they're, they're bettering themselves. It's a phenomenal thing to be a part of. Invite your friends to this. We opened it up this way to talk about fear and generality. In the coming weeks, I'll drill down now on fear. You will be encouraged, not discouraged. You'll be equipped. You won't feel empty. Invite, take those cards and invite your friends and your family to come on in. Listen, people are doing that and their friends and family are coming in. People who came to the baptism have come back in and remained. Well, you know, they're still coming, they're connecting, they come to events, some weird things on Friday night. Invite your friends and family, invite them to come and to know and to share in what you have, yes? Better for you, better for them. Hand those cards out. Henry Nowen, he's an author, writes some good stuff. He, uh, he, he talks about him in one of his books about he, he was chatting with a friend and his friend uh, was traveling at the time in his life with the circus. And, and his friend was a uh, part of the trapeze act. And he begins to explain to Henry, you know, this unique relationship between the flyer and the catcher within the trapeze act. And he says the flyer is the one that lets go and the catcher is the one that catches. Okay, right, you got that. Well, hopefully he catches, right? Now, when the flyer swings high above the crowd, and you've, you've seen this, right? It's just, it's, it is spectacular. When that flyer sets out, goes in the air, and then he comes to that moment now where he's got to let go, or she has to let go. And there's this kind of, this sense of just like awe, and, and it grabs your attention. Everybody's waiting, and they let go. When they do, they say there's this sense of what? Of vulnerability and diminished power. This sense of hopelessness, right? I mean, they are just out there now. And the, the flyer arcs out into the air and he reaches out for the catcher. And the guy says to Henry, no, but, but the whole thing it just rests right on this right now. This, that when the flyer reaches out, he doesn't grab he, she's just still. She doesn't move. Not a, not, not, not a bit. She just waits to be caught. That's the, that's the most critical part about us. And, and that, that flyer knows the catcher is going to grab her or him, and, and that's how she's going to be taken a hold of. She must be still to be caught. That's our place when it, with God when it comes to fear. And it's, and it's coming on you, or you're sensing it, just reach out 
and be still and know that God does not sleep or slumber. He's going to protect you, that he will catch you, yes? Have that confidence in God that he is your catcher. Rest in his arms. Rest in your faith in him. Know that he's going to catch you. When you find yourself in fear, remember the power of God and remember his faithfulness in your life. And remember, the God you have faith in is in between you and your fear. That's what your faith has done. It does it immediately when you begin to trust in God and wait on him. Now I'm going to close it out. I want to read Psalm 34 verses 1 through 4. Um, I want to put it up on the screen, and um, I would like you to read it with me. And as we're doing this, we're doing this as a form of worshiping our God, right? And then after we do it this way, by reading the word and, and, and dwelling and worshiping on God, waiting on God, reaching out to God here, and then we're going to go and we're going to sing a song. It's a closing song. And I want you to have that time of worship. And I want you to cultivate and ponder all that we've talked about. And that from here on now, I'm going to live for faith and not fear. I wanna, I'm going I'm to fly through that air and be caught by God. So let's read Psalm 34, verses 1 through 4. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Amen. Huh? God is here. If God wasn't here, you'd have killed me by now wearing this jacket. How dare, come on, really. It's the truth. <laughs> I, probably, I probably shouldn't, it's not over yet, right? <laughs> so, I'll have to, get, I won't go hang out in the lobby. I'll like hide somewhere, talk about fear, right? God is calling us to himself. If you're here today and you came in without this personal knowledge or this personal faith in God, without having a relationship with Jesus, as we say, where you're following him, you're running everything through your love of him and your trust in him, you're thankful for what Jesus did when he gave his life on that cross to die for your sins, when you were living that way apart from God, missing the target, but he died and he was resurrected and he there is in heaven and he's calling you right now. He's drawing you to him, to know him, to know of your place with him in heaven one day. And he's calling you to trust in him. And there is God, open arms, open arms, ready to receive you as you trust in him, as you turn to Jesus today and say, I will follow you. If that's you this morning, you want to take that connection card that Christian handed out. One side says you, the other side said my next step. Your next step, this decision, most important step in your life. Greatest step you could ever take is you check that box off that's reflective of what's going on inside of you. I am going to start a new relationship with Jesus. I am going to start to give up control. I'm going to stop manipulating. I'm going to stop being drained. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to freeze. Today I live by faith and I'm going to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to renew my relationship. Man, Dave, I get this. I get this. I've got a flavor of this is really on me. 
I can see how this is evident in my life and I've been kind of, you know, wrestling, kicking around this God thing, but now I'm just going to rest. I'm going to stop controlling people and situations and I'm just going to rest in faith in God. I'm going to trust in God and run it all through him. I'm going to surrender to God today. I'm going to renew my relationship with Jesus. Check that box off. You bring that card to the guest services table. They will give you a package or you place the card in the black box as you walk out. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, I love you, Lord. I'm so grateful that you're here today with us. Lord God, Holy Spirit, who's in us, help us to recognize our fears, each and every one. Let us realize that they are holding us back. This is not the way for us to go. They are messing up our relationships. Oh, God, have mercy. Most of all, oh, God, they're getting in the way. They're getting in between you and us, and we will have it no longer. In Jesus' name, Lord, we will live by faith. Today, God, we place our faith in you, and we know that you are between us and our fear. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. To God be the glory.